Welcome back to another episode of What's the Word? What's the uh, Word? As we get to continue, Dallas. I've been having fun with this. I I'm think having I say so, that every yes, time, but, but, I have. but I do too. Okay, good. Like I leave every time and I'm so excited about it. And it's even more exciting because at this point, right, episode one has dropped. I even mm-hmm. got to listen to a whole lot of it, which I never do, Dallas. I never listen to myself. It's I never really watch myself. It's really weird. I don't, I don't usually either. But I loved it. It was <laughs> like, so good. I was so worried about episode one because like I felt like we put so much in. But what I'm realizing, especially in light of the conversations that we've been having, the mm-hmm. one we're going to have today is… We really did a decent job of laying the groundwork. I thought we did. Yeah. And so, you know, high five to us. Exactly. Yay. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? Because even right before this, we were like, what a week. What a all of it. And all of a sudden, it was like, good news is we believe, right? Yep. God is working through his word. And it's his words and not our own doing everything that is happening on this podcast. You have no idea how thankful I am for that in this moment. I, But I was super—fair. <laughs> <laughs> very fair. I was also super thankful, though, watching episode one and going, God is good. You he know what is. I mean? He is. He yeah. is so good. And the fact that, like, we can be doing this. And it's, it just really is just a layer of excitement to all of it. Thinking that we were, like, overwhelming in that first episode, which maybe we were. We may, I, well, I'm going to say that we probably were. There were some, probably some yeah. points that you and I just completely geeked out. Yes. But we did a good job of catching the, like— the fancy stuff, which yes. I hope we continue to do. Right, like, I do continue too. Continue to call each other I do too. out. And, and continue to call us out. If you, you know, post comments, drop exactly. comments, let us know when you see us. If you see us on Sunday mornings, hey, I didn't really understand this or can you not use that kind of language? Yes, um, You good. know, the, the Christianese. Yeah, I like that. The yeah, Christianese. Christianese. So if we you catch us doing something, you know, we would like, we would like your, what did you say? Charitable? Charitable, yes. Charitable feedback. Yes, charitable yes. feedback. Keep that yeah. feedback charitable. I've even thought about like, y'all, if you haven't noticed yet, we have a Facebook page. Uh, yes, there's YouTube, which is where a, a big platform for this podcast for sure. But like, I've thought about even putting like rules on the Facebook page just to just to make sure. I think I'm, I'm, I'm believing most of our listeners are here for a charitable reason, right? They I genuinely want to learn more about the word. And so that's good because that's exactly what we want to talk about. Exactly. And as we've been starting each episode, going along with those lines of God is the one that is working, uh, we get to hear the words of Psalm 19, verse 14, uh, where we hear these words, uh, a prayer of David and our prayer every single moment of every single day of every single one of our lives, but especially while we do this. While we do this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yeah, I love it. Because it really is like, if it weren't for like the sentiment of that verse, I wouldn't be doing most of what I do. I couldn't do any of the things that I do. Yeah, exactly. Because it's one of those things of like, my hope in life in general is just to give glory to God and all of the things that he's doing in my life. I get surprised every single day that he's still using me. Oh, Uh, here I am. And as we talked in that first episode, right, uh, of he did that over and over throughout history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And as we think about all of this, right, probably a good segue into, Dallas, what in the world are we talking about today? We're talking about big picture yes. today, like big picture scripture. And I have a funny, a funny moment, funny yes. story. So years ago, I was the women's ministry director here at Trinity. And I worked with another lady and she always called me Blue Sky, like big picture. Cause I would come oh, to her. No kidding. I would come I love to her. That nickname. That's fine. And and I was like, we need to do this and we need to do this and this and this. And she would look at me and go, uh-huh. 
how are we going to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. That's your, I don't know. And so she would bring it back down into a manageable and bite-sized project nice. and kind of rein me in a little bit. But this big picture, this blue sky, you know, the, the, because you think of the sky and the sky, it's so big. Yes. That's kind of what we want to touch on today is the absolute big picture of scripture. Yes. And I kind of love the the rhyme of that, the big picture of scripture. Because mm-hmm. I've been doing the big picture forever. I feel it feels like forever. Four years. I've been doing the big picture with folks. And like, uh, but I love that little rhyming piece to it. And again, this this blue sky mentality, uh, for anybody that's ever been on a plane flight, that's what we mean by seeing the big picture, right? Oh, yeah. So it's getting yeah. that. What, then that's why people call it a 30,000 foot view. Because it's like when you look out Bird's from an airplane view. and you mm-hmm. see the world looks different. Right? It does. When you really get to see the overall picture, the, all the things that are happening, because a lot of times, right, when we're just on the ground and like personally speaking, like it can feel like there are storms and everything's falling down around us. Maybe from that plane, it just looks like normal. It looks on. a little different yeah. from up top. So I love introducing this topic, Dallas, because I like to say uh, any good story, mm-hmm. any good news article, any good paper you've ever written, Any good joke you've ever heard has three main parts. And when it comes to the bigger picture of Scripture, the big picture of Scripture, it also has those three main parts. And what are we talking about? Listen, we have talked about you putting me on the spot and quizzing me on this, but I'm going to say that we have creation. Okay, good. Okay. We, we're going to put a little caveat in that and put the fall in there with creation. Yes, because that's kind of important. That's very for important for the rest yeah. of it. And so then we've got redemption and then this recreation. Yes. So very and, exciting stuff. And to bring it down to earth, right, for first time listeners, big, those are big old words. And we're going to unpack mm-hmm. the fullness of that. Thankfully, we did touch base on this in episode one. We did. But you've got the beginning. The beginning. In the, the beginning. The middle mm-hmm. and the end, right? right? So every story has it. So it shouldn't be a surprise to us that— in the grander picture of history, right? the grandest picture of history from God's own perspective, there's a beginning and a middle and an end mm-hmm. as well. And so, folks, that is the deep dive. Now, here's the thing, Dallas. I like to actually go out of order. I like to. Okay. I think it's really important. When you think about the bigger picture of Scripture, I think it's so important to start at the beginning mm-hmm. and then look at the end. Mm-hmm. And then that way, the middle makes so much more sense. Do you read the last page of a book sense. first? I don't. Okay, I love good. reading a book as it goes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Just checking. I was but just checking. But for scripture, for scripture, it is one of the, because I think this is what God does, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it'll make more sense for us when we really do dive into just the beginning. So friends, as you're listening and you're saying, what in the world? Uh, what is the 30,000 foot view? What is that view from the plane when it comes to all of human history, which seems so overwhelming? That is Fairly large. Yeah. We're simplifying it down for you of the beginning, Mm -hmm. the middle, and the end. Right. All right. So let's start at the beginning. And I think let's hit the why. Why why in the world is it so important for us to look at the big picture of Scripture? Why is it important for a listener before they even open up the Bible to remember the big picture of Scripture? I think it's important to remember— lots of beginnings. I mean, lots of, you know, you think of your own beginnings and, you know, your first day of kindergarten and things like that, first day of high school. But when you're looking at the big picture of scripture, it's incredibly important to know how everything got here. Exactly. And you can follow, God has been so faithful and so good that he made sure that our family tree, our genealogy, our our family's biography was written down yes. so that we could always look back because several times throughout the Bible, 
God tells us, he reminds us, go look at what I've done. Yes, go look, look back. Look back at what and I've done. And what's funny, they're in the heat of the moments, right? When everything thinks, seems lost, there's the go look back mm-hmm. and, the, and look the look forward. forward. Look at what I'm going to do. I, this is, this is how Something greater it, yes. is coming, right? Absolutely. And so I, I think about even just like, I, I like to point this out, like because I do this with students, right? So tomorrow in class, I'm doing this with my first quarter religion students as we start a school year. I, I put the beginning, middle, and end up there. I explain the fullness of everything we'll talk about today. And then I say, okay, so how would you feel if we didn't have the beginning? If we just had the middle and end of a story? It would take you a minute to catch up. And you'd be like, why in the world is everything the way it is? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I don't understand. And there's there's a beauty missing too, right? And the same thing, if you just jump from the beginning to the end. Yeah, miss some of the really good, did, good bits in the middle. I, I know where this started, right? How did it get to this, right? right? And then all of a sudden, if it's a beginning and a middle, but there is no end, how do you feel? Oh. Yeah. Like, really? Right. And I'm going to return to that. When we end our time, I want to go back. So that okay. way we can talk in all of the fullness of creation, redemption, recreation. Mm-hmm. Like when we miss one of those pieces, we are missing a full picture of everything we're missing, God is doing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So where, where should we go for the beginning, Dallas? I'm just a <laughs> shot in the dark. How about Genesis 1? Yeah. Genesis 1. Page 1, friends, of the Bible. Page 1. Probably not literally page 1 in most people's Bibles, but it is actually the first <sighs> verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. We got to do some some serious reconstruction surgery on my Bible. It is. <laughs> That's right, because Genesis it, 1 is the one that keeps jumping it, out it, to you every single just, time. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Not, not figuratively jumping nope, out. It falls friends. right out. Yeah. Falls <laughs> right out. People watching can see can this. They can they can see it? They're, her first that. pages of Genesis. Are, are, are literally falling out They're of They're not Bible. connected yeah. anymore. Yes. That's okay. All right, That's so, all right. so as we turn to Genesis chapter one, like, and we're setting the scene for everything that's happening. And I like to point out for people, this is a good moment. Maybe we deep dive, put this one up on the board, the imaginary board, the figurative board. I almost brought a board That's today. so funny. I did. I, I almost thought about brought like one. Writing, listening and writing down all the things we say we're going to talk about so we can keep accountable, but mm-hmm. we'll help our listeners are doing that for us too. Maybe next next time we'll have a whiteboard behind us and we can just scribble stuff down <laughs> Exactly. On. And somebody right now is listening going, guys, get to it. Right. <laughs> it's so funny how we can do this. So Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, both about creation mm-hmm. and then Genesis 3, an important event that we refer to as the fall. Right. Okay. And friends that are listening as you, as you go, you're going to, I don't know all this stuff. Slow down, guys. That's, that's the point. We're going to slow down today and really understand Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. Right. And, and essentially though, overview style. Okay. Uh-huh. And so Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are, the, are describing the same event, just doing it a little differently. Different perspective, points of view. Yes. Yeah. So, there's like a, a thirty thousand foot view, and then there's an up close and personal exactly. view. Exactly, and that's chapter two, right? right. Chapter one has this bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Chapter two has this 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 smaller one, this this personal one. Right. All right. So, what do you, I, I? I have everything I want to say, Dallas, but I okay. love your mind, and I want to hear from you too. When you think of Genesis one, what do you think is the most important stuff that people have to know about God creating the world? He spoke it into existence. Good. Connecting I mean, the last episode. That Good. he spoke it into, and I, I I said, was it last episode or the one before something? We had a fire breathing God. Yes, it was last episode. And yeah. I, I, that visual, I mean, I just, I'm, I, I really think that I'm a princess at heart and I wanted this white knight to come and, and save me from something. Well, it took me a long time to figure out that my hero and my white knight 
was God. Good. And yeah. so this power that he has, this that he can just from his spoken word create worlds and universes and and living beings. And life. I was gonna say life, life is that big thing. Life yeah. Is so it gives me it, it really literally gives me chills thinking about it. Absolutely. That he speaks and there's an immediate action. There's there's not a delay, there's an immediate action. Exactly. That's one of the that's one of the standout things for me. Oh yeah, with I love, the first couple. Oh yeah, chapters. I of mean, because God says, "Let there be light," and there is light. And friends, as, as, as you're listening again, if this is the very first time, you've probably heard the phrase six day creation," mm-hmm. and it's because here in Genesis one, uh, the word describes for us seven days. Right. And six of those days, God is creating. He is speaking, and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And then on the seventh day, something pretty important happens. What does God do on the seventh day? He took a rest. He rests. From all of his labors, all of his works, he rested. So the creator, the all-powerful, the almighty took a rest. Exactly. So maybe we could do that too. I know, right? And that's another putting it on the wall because like that is huge. Yeah. So, and that's where I will point to people, Genesis 1, 2, and 3 set up so much of how I understand mm-hmm. life and patterns and rhythms. Because right. that's what it is, guys. It's beautiful in chapter one. There's this rhythm, this pattern, this poetry to describing what God did in those six days. And kind and of there's the fun, symmetry. So yes. we're looking at this big Good. picture. That's what I was yep. And there's symmetry between all of they he didn't just on day one let there be light and then sit around and think for a minute what he was going to do. All of the days they're very they're very connected. Yes. Yeah. And basically uh, day one, and this is what we mean by symmetry. So if you have seven over there, now, friends, I want you in your brains and, and people watching can see this. I promise this one, is not a math lesson. Two, three, okay? Mm-hmm. And then under one, put four. Under two, put five. And under three, put six. And basically what happens is God is creating these spaces on day one, two, and three. And then he is filling those spaces in the same order in four, five, and six. And there's this brilliant, beautiful, poetic thing happening in the Hebrew as he's doing this, right. right? And all this to say, friends, it's speaking to, right? If you're, for the very first time listening to this, going, golly, this is this is big stuff, guys. It's speaking to how our God thought about what he did. Our God did everything with a purpose mm-hmm. and a design mm-hmm. and a rhythm and a pattern. And this is no secret to any of us alive today. Because guess what, Dallas? Tell me. The sun comes up mm-hmm. and the sun goes down. In the same fashion. Exactly. It rises in the east and sets in the west. Yep. And and that is done by design and it was intentional. And you look into all of the science that that most folks would, they probably mm-hmm. know more about science than they do about what scripture says. Right. And get this, we look into science, we look into how things are, mm-hmm. right? Science is the observation of what things are. And we see patterns and we right. see rhythms and mm-hmm. we see things like like sleep and all oh, this yeah. other stuff. Like it's it's wild and it's awesome and it's so cool. And one of the things I will always say is our God is so consistent. Yeah, yes. And how he does things. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Right? Because again, you think about it. Creation, we talked about this a little bit so far on our journey together. Creation stands in a lot of people's minds in opposition to um, the conventional paradigm. And that okay. is a fancy word. Okay. I have to defancy by that. All right. Conventional being widely accepted. Right. And then paradigm is a word for like perspective. Okay. So, so, so an understanding of a big picture maybe of how things happen. So a lot of people, again, the conventional paradigm says we came from a cesspool, which is just a, a little, mm. but again, as we talked about, if you want your brain to hurt, how did the cesspool get there, right? So we we come from a different one. Right. We have Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that show us something a little bit differently. And it's a God that 
cares mm-hmm. and a God that loves and that is powerful and he speaks into existence life. Right. 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 Now, here's my favorite part. Okay. Like your favorite part is God speaking. Yep. And it's really important. Yep. Dallas, at the end of every single day, oh, actually, yeah. I'll put it this way. On the, the end of days, one, two, three, four, five. Right. What does God say? It was good. Yes. Looks over his creation. And in the Hebrew, I'll, I'll learn a little Hebrew. This Bring is easy Hebrew. Tov. Yeah. Okay. So Tov, it was good. It's okay. Good. But notice I said one, two, three, four, five. What do you mean? What did you say at the oh, end of day six? Day he said it's six. Tov Ma'od, which means we need t-shirts. That mode. It was our favorite <laughs> phrase. Like in my my first Hebrew class, which was at the end of my college time, it was our favorite phrase. So we we like we wanted it on shirts. We might have put it on shirts. I've lost that shirt since then, so I don't really know. But tov ma'od, very good, very right? good. And get this, friends. The reason why he does that is he gets to the end and he's done. Right mm-hmm. on day seven, he's about to rest. So he gets to the end of creating absolutely everything that he has done, and he says, "This isn't just good. This is very good." Right. Right. Dallas, this stands in opposition to how so many people think God looks at his creation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I had conversations with people that think God is some bully with a magnifying glass yes. and, and an ant pile, you know, and he's just waiting to burn somebody. But if you look at Genesis 1 and 2, that is not the God that, that's not the God that I know. And that he looks at us. I mean, he, we have this, this fire breathing, this powerful God that speaks yes. and things happen. He creates all of these things. He creates the stars. He creates the animals. He creates the livestock and the fish Every that go. Every living creature, the birds. Yeah, and then but eventually. When he, when he made us, yes. he got his hands dirty. Like he actually touched, came down and touched his creation to make man. And that is a very close relationship that, I mean, that just, that blows my mind to think about. And we see this in... Genesis 2. two. So Genesis 2, friends, it's not even just a zoom in personal level of days one, two, three, four, five. No. It's really a zoom in of day six, right? right? So right. this is where he's filling the land. God is filling the land. And and again, I know we're going to have to later on in the journey, have a deeper dive. If you're interested, listeners, tell us. We will make sure we put it on the list to have a deeper dive into creation because there's so much we can talk uh, about. 100% I'm on board with that. But after all of the animals, right, God crowns his creation. That's his language mm-hmm. with Humanity with right. man, all right, and he and he creates Adam. What is this picture that we get in Genesis chapter two, Dallas? It is this, uh, you know, God's looking at everything, and He's created all of the animals. He's made man. He has made Adam, and Adam. Well, and talk. Oh, the the making of Adam, though. Like this, this is this is stuff that gets me right again, because because I think of the worldview people are walking in with Dallas mm-hmm. is again God. God doesn't like me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't love his creation. He just wants to see me punished. He's distant from me. He's all these other things. And the creation of Adam screams against that. It does. In the best of ways. In the, it, does. Because, it does. Because the description is that the God takes the dust, the dirt. Right. He forms Adam and then he breathes, breathes. into him. Breathes life. That fire-breathing, powerful God. Life-giving. Speaks life into Adam. So let me ask you a question. Sure. All right. So Yay. Yeah, right? Turn the tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just completed your CPR training. Sure, yeah, yeah. Right. How close do you have to be to breathe life oh, into somebody? Oh my goodness! Are you ready for this? So we had the little. Uh, Don't tell me you had like a thing. 
I struggle bust. Okay. okay. So when it came to the infant mannequin. Oh, the infant, yeah. <laughs> like I was trying to get the little the little dummy chest to rise and I had to get so close with my little mask. And I'm like, I'm a big dude. This is a tiny baby mouth and nose. But I like had to get really, 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 really close. In the old days, there weren't apparatuses. It was <laughs> literally, that's why we called it mouth to mouth. Oh, you sure. Know, yeah, it was, exactly. okay, so God, thank you for derailing that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Throw me another question and see how I answer. We... God had to be that close to us, Yes, though. he did. He was that close to well, Adam. And it, and it's not even he had to. He, he wanted to. Yes. Yeah, he wanted to. And he designed it. And that's the thing. That's, I'm like getting my goosebumps and chills because right? it is it really is something I get passionate about because I see so many people that walk around in this world that have this just negative view of themselves. They can't stand the way they look. They can't stand all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is where like the Psalms help us out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, David says, he knit me together in my mother's womb. I love that one. Right. Oh, I love that one. And this and this is yo. So so jumping jumping into again maybe another one, but the little side. I think it's a fun one. This is where I like really do rally against a little bit of the evolutionist thinking mm-hmm. of that we came from a cesspool that eventually came from. And, and it, I, I point out not to not to dive too far, but like the missing link is a missing for a reason, right? Because it's not there. It's not there. Um, but go to the uniqueness of us as humans. Right. Particularly, I want an evolutionist to explain to me fingerprints. Right? Because fingerprints cool. are individual to every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And I know some theories that have been developed over the last 150, 200 years, because that's how long the theory of evolution has been around in the history of the earth. They're like, oh, well, at one point we needed them for grips. And it's like, no, no. No. Yeah. There's some other things too that are a little right. more… We're not going to. Yeah, mm-hmm. not going to go in there. We're not going to go there. We're going to get back on there's, point. There's this intimate relationship that right. God has when He makes man in the first place, and then not only that, like He gives Adam this job of naming all the animals, mm-hmm. which is kind of like I always love the humor of that a little bit. Platypus. Yeah, just coming up with words. And again, what did it sound like then? I don't, I don't know. He know. wasn't speaking English, so like I don't and know. we have different languages. It may have Anyways, sounded better. But then you get this whole other incredible picture that I love using for weddings yes. in the creation of Eve. Right. Right? Where, where Adam looks at Eve finally, because God says, he looks over all of his creation, says not one of these is suitable as a, as a helper. As a helpmate. As a, as a compliment mm-hmm. to Adam. So he puts Adam to sleep. Right. And then he takes from Adam a piece of his rib, mm-hmm. right? And then he does the same thing. He creates Eve. Mm-hmm. And then Adam sees her and he says, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Right. Right. And we're told, we're given the instruction, this is why a man leaves his father and his mother and, and joins together with his wife, right? So this is the picture of marriage. But again, what an intimate connection that God designed for marriage which, exactly. and relationships. So exactly. it's, it's one of those that's like, y'all, this is all foundational stuff, mm-hmm. right? But, but again, it rails against the view that somehow earth is bad, or and humanity, people, people are bad. Or and, unlovable mm-hmm. or doomed and all right. this other stuff. Right. Now, so, and that's the big picture thing. And th- this is good. This is a deeper dive than I usually go when we talk about the beginning, but it's so important for us because it is so foundational mm-hmm. for how we understand the world around us and how we appreciate the world around us. But my big takeaway, yes, absolutely. God is powerful, life breathing, fire breathing. Fire breathing. Uh, but you've got this other side of, and he looks at creation and calls it, very, very good. good. Okay. Very good. So, so does God love what He has made? Yes. Yeah. Does He value what He has made? Hundred percent. Yes. So, Dallas, what in the world happened? That's oh. recorded in Genesis three. Okay. So, in Genesis three, right off the bat, Genesis three, 
think I'll just take it right out and lay it <laughs> yeah, in front of me. <laughs> hey, it's kind of like, it, you, know, you know, like original nice. scrolls were passed around they like were this. Just so it wasn't connected so in a big old book. <laughs> right off the bat in Genesis 3, uh, verse 1, the Bible tells us that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Right there. So we've got we've got this this snake. Basically, we've got a snake and he's super crafty and he's super tricky and um wily and just mischievous. And uh, um and he says to the woman, the serpent says to the woman, "Did God really tell you that you can't eat from any tree in the garden. And so this, we did not touch on this right. in, in one and two, uh, or in, in two, chapter yeah. two, yeah. where God is giving Adam his marching orders. And he's yeah. like, you are supposed to protect. This is what I've given you. Go and work. it's your job. Mm-hmm. You work the land. You protect the land. This I have given you, woman. You protect her. You yeah. have one you have I have I have one command of you. There's two trees in the in the middle of the garden. Mm-hmm. This one, the tree of life. This one, the tree of good, the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it. Yes. Don't eat it. And so now in Genesis 3, we see the serpent, the snake, the enemy uh, come and, and he goes after Eve. He goes after her. Eve was not even created when Adam got his instructions. Instructions, good. He okay. was not, she was not even created when, when Adam got his instructions. And so immediately the enemy goes to Eve and he's questioning her. And so Eve is like, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for the, our newbies, yeah. right? So we've talked about this serpent and then I heard good reference, the enemy. The enemy. Okay, good. Because ultimately friends, like, and, and I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge, right? Because I, I, we talked about, uh, episode one, uh, the girls in the Bible study that I'd never heard had about. Had never Adam heard about him. this. Okay. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge to our listeners, man, this is starting to sound like mythology, or it's starting to sound like a story. This is really hard to comprehend because we're gonna have the serpent that's questioning. And and again, we say the word snake. We think of what snake looks like, but what did snake look like at the beginning of creation? Right? Because animals do have minor changes over time. And so, and that you certainly have by, by the, well, the, and we get into that in, in yeah, chapter exactly. three is, is where we get the snake reference uh, in Going when, the when ground, God right? is laying down the law because he is upset. Exactly. Upset. And so I want to go ahead and acknowledge that for folks. And then also kind of acknowledge too, we get that this can be kind of interesting, but, but I also want to say like, I, I can't make like people are like, how can you believe in something like that? That sounds really mysterious. Like, like, well, like the trees. Okay, tree of life, tree of, uh, and basically the, the premise behind the tree of life is eat it and live forever. Uh, and then you have the, or we don't even get in the tree of life. That comes a little bit later that in Genesis later. 3. So you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so you have this like, how can eating fruit do this kind of stuff? And I'm like, friends, how did we come to existence? <laughs> right again, yeah. there's certain things that you have to start going, oh, okay. that's right. Like mm-hmm. existence itself is kind of this thing I have to wrap my brain around. So like, like, and that's where I would say, open that mind up a little bit just to ask the questions. Like, I'll even go to this, Dallas. So in, in Genesis chapter one, for okay. the longest time, right? And again, people can call me nuts all they want to, but uh, when you get this uh, verse six of Genesis chapter one, this is, this is uh, day two. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse. And it was so God called the expanse sky. Evening came and then morning the second day. Y'all, 
I used to read this and I used to go, those silly Hebrews. <laughs> they think because the sky is blue, it's water. You ever okay. been there? Yeah. This is what, the, I, seriously, this is my mindset that I had. And then I got challenged when I was on my vicarage. Um, our sixth grade teacher was a biology major. And uh, she was always, she was great at asking questions. We were similar in age. Uh, so she had been teaching for three or four years at that point. This is a church she grew up at. And she's coming in and asking me questions about something. And she goes, well, what do you make of the firmament? And I was like, the firmament? <laughs> like, That's I'm a going, really big word, firmament. Like, need to do. I, and I was like, well, and at the same time. I don't time, have that on was, my sheets today. This was a little later in, 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 in the discussion that we were having mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, she said to me, well, the firmament. I was like, I know what you're referring to. It, and it's this word that I used, expanse. Right. Right. Um, but that was fancy for me. I was like, why are you going to the firmament? And she's talking about a biological approach that actually says, from the from the standpoint of science, mm-hmm. it actually makes more sense that there really was a, this kind of water barrier up in the sky, and then there was waters below, than thinking that somehow the existence we're currently living in has been that way forever, right? Okay. So what was really interesting then, though, is she then went on to explain to me how it makes more sense too when you think of other things that people, like, so this is all connected friends if you're like, why are they going off on this tangent? It's because of things we think are silly or things that we think that don't make sense. The other thing that I have found people really question and really struggle with is how old people get in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they will say that like, it doesn't make any sense that somebody left 400 years old, blah, 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 blah. Or 900 yes. years. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now here's the thing, Dallas. Who's the oldest man in the Bible? Uh, Methuselah. Methuselah. When did Methuselah live? Mm, a long time ago. A long time ago. Good. Mm-hmm. This is good. And I think this is impactful. And I know it's like, I did not prep you for this. You so it's like, you're like, what in the world that. are you talking about? We are going to have a conversation good. later. So, but uh, Methuselah lived until right before the flood. Had to be, I was going to, had to be before the flood. Right before the flood. Had to be before the flood. And then all of a sudden you got Noah. Noah is not as old Mm-mm. as Methuselah. Oh, well, get this, Dallas. This is what we kind of see when you really follow the years in scripture. Prior to the flood, yeah, everybody lives a really long time. But by the time of David, which is really not in the grand scheme of history, that not much that longer mm-hmm. after the flood, uh, grand scheme of history, again, a couple thousand years, stuff like that. You have uh, all of a sudden David, when he's writing the Psalms, says a man may live to uh, 70 years or 80 at best. All of a sudden, it's something that we can relate with. Right. Okay. Well, scientifically speaking, this makes sense because, right, if you no longer have this water protection, right, this this water layer in the sky, mm-hmm. then what's able to come through? UV rays. UV rays, mm-hmm. right? And UV rays, as we know, cause aging, right? And so all of a sudden, Right, you have this. Uh, when when the UV rays are now entering in, people don't live as long until you get to this point that there is this natural what we're used to now. Oh, good. Yeah, look at that. You got the notes in your thing. UV protection. Good. Nice. Not crazy. When did you write all that down? I don't know. I wish I had dated it, but I was going to use it today. Nice. UV yes. protection. Yes. No. Exactly. So, and here's the fun thing, right? In my first couple of years, this is when I was I was starting out student ministry pastor here, and I had some students that I was explaining this to because it was one, they were asking great questions. Things like this came up. And uh, then one of them said to me, now it makes so much more sense why the rainbow was such an incredible thing for them to see. Right? In Genesis chapter six mm -hmm. is the flood. They never had the opportunity to see that before. They'd never seen it before. They'd never seen rain. Exactly. Never seen rain. And so that's the thing is like, and and then it's funny too, because uh, one of those students I was talking to, they were saying, 
Well, that makes sense too because of hydro chambers. I said, what are you talking about hydro chambers? And apparently in medicine now too, what they're doing, uh, and this was seven years ago, um, but they, if someone is really struggling with health, they will actually throw them into a chamber that has like this water layer around them because the oxygen is going to be so much richer inside right. of that That's right. that it's going to provide healing and all this other stuff. You even see it in uh, like just stories that people create mm-hmm. now, but like you see it in the medical field too. So all of a sudden it does make a lot more sense why people live hundreds of years and things like that. And it's not so radical to think about. So, and that's just in the first six chapters of the Bible. Okay. Right. But then again, like it's not long after that, that you have it to where people are not living too much longer. So all this said, there's, there's some crazy things. I was going all over the place and we're in Genesis 2. We're in Genesis 3. With Genesis 3 with the snake. Right. And talking and going after Eve. Right. And going going after her. So my uh, my notes that, I yeah. mean, I take sermon notes and I sure. something strikes me and I, I, I write it down. So I've got UV protection. One, we live in Texas. Yeah. And not a lot of UV protection. We don't have any UV protection right now. I mean, we're on what, day 20 something of triple digits. I mean, we're all just roasting I, down I'm here. I'm surprised it's not... I thought it would be, yeah, but yeah. apparently we dipped down to like 98 oh, on one day. And yeah. so I brought jackets out for that. It feels day. like it's never been like that. I thought no. I almost put a sweater on the other morning. It was 78. <laughs> I know, right? I was going to make chili. But I've got this UV protection and beside it, I have written unassailable villain. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I was thinking about Genesis chapter three when you've got this this serpent, this enemy, this villain, the main villain. We want to talk about the consistency of, of God's word. Yes. And we have the same villain from chapter three finish, yeah. all That's the true, way not to the sorry. end. Three to the end. Three right? to the end. And we've got this, this, I mean, and he is really, really unhappy with with how happy God is with his creation. And so he's going to do, he's got lots of tricks, lots of tools, lots of ways to get at God's precious creation, which the gem and the jewel of his creation is humanity. And so that's why, and he looked, the enemy looked at this and and went after Eve, who he, he, he deemed to be, weaker maybe. Um, but the thing is, is that when we, when we continue on reading in Genesis chapter three, and I urge our, our listeners to do that because we're not, yeah. we're not going to do that today, yeah. but they, the, the, the consequence, the punishment handed down to Adam and Eve, Adam's was very stout and it was more harsh than what Eve was, was handed to. Uh, and because he's the one that dropped the ball. Sure. He was supposed to be there to protect her from the enemy. He was supposed to protect her from herself and he failed. He failed miserably. And so now we're all dealing with the consequences of that. And and we don't, you know, they had the choice whether they wanted to sin, big word, whether they wanted to go against what God said, Good. don't eat from this tree. They had that opportunity. They had that choice. There was a moment in time when they had not, chosen wrongly. And, but once they did, the rest of us, I mean, we're completely host, completely host. We no longer have the ability to choose not to sin. We are already infected with it. You're hitting us on so many important parts. And again, this is why y'all, I really could spend forever on Genesis 1, 2, and 3, which Mm -hmm. means we're probably going to have to go back to some of this at some point. But that's why we're laying the groundwork, right? Because you're talking about choice and, and, and this idea of free will, which can be a huge theological phrase that people throw around very willy-nilly, very mm-hmm. casually. Very. 
And and there's this idea of, yeah, we do have a choice. God didn't make Adam and Eve robots. Nope. Now, we don't know why, Dallas. I don't know why. And he- there's so many questions in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that, that the most truthful answer that we can give you is we don't know why. Mm-mm. We don't know why God allowed the enemy, right? Which I think, unpack that word, right? You have the enemy, uh, probably literally translated from the Hebrew. It's the adversary. The adversary. We get I that really, from yeah. Job. And, and, and the Hebrew word, friends, is going to sound familiar to you. It's ha-satan, which means the adversary. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Satan, right? But it is the same adversary the whole way through. And there's a little bit of backstory we get there, friends. But we don't really know why. Why did this being, ha-satan, why was he allowed? All this other stuff. And, and, and that's where, like, as Christians, a lot of times, too, we get to say very honestly, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't but, have an answer for that. And my, my, my counter is typically, but let me tell you what I do know. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's where Genesis 3 gets really cool. Right. Okay? So there's this very down, disheartening situation of, yeah, Eve took the fruit. Adam then gets the fruit from Eve, mm-hmm. doesn't ask questions. Adam has failed. And then God tries to find them. Now, here's here's a piece of Genesis 2 that we missed hmm. that is pretty crucial for the conversation moving forward. Hmm. The other habit that God had after, or that we see in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 a little bit is this very personal relationship. It's not just personal creation. Right. It's personal relationship with Adam and Eve too. And so there you have this picture after the fall Adam and Eve now have knowledge of good and evil, and they know they're naked, right? They mm-hmm. know this, and they're ashamed of it. And right. so they they make for themselves uh, fig tree clothes or something, leaves. They cover themselves up, and then uh, God comes to be with them, as was his habit. That was his custom. That's what he did. He walked with them. Yes, in the cool of the day. That's right. Right? And so you have this very personal relationship that God had with Adam and Eve before, but this time he can't find them. Right. They're hiding. They're hiding. They're hiding from him. And then when all of a sudden when God calls out, where are you? And then uh, eventually, and he knows, he right? He knows. He but knows. he eventually encounters them and he, and he says, why Why are you hiding? And they said, we, we were hiding because we were naked. And he said, who told you who you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Yeah. And we have a couple of questions then that are really, and again, we'll have to piece them together later, but I think are so important for us as we walk our lives, right? Right. The the serpent, uh, the, the adversary's question was, did God really say? Did he say? really say that? And for the sake of this podcast, that's kind of why we wanted to do this too is, yeah, we want to talk about what God really what, said. What did he really say? And, exactly. And there's a really cool nerd moment. Yes. So when you look at, because I went back and I, I, I reread Genesis 2 while I was looking at Genesis yeah. 3 and that the the actual instructions that God gave to Adam and then what Eve actually said when she was approached by the serpent and she added to the word sure she added to it she you know did God really say that you couldn't eat it and she said well we can't even touch it we right, can't look exactly. at I mean we she can't do any of it. she added exactly. a lot you know to this that's something that we need to pay attention to. And so, and then later in, in Genesis 3, God is handing out his consequences. Adam yes. has consequences. Eve has consequences. Uh, and and the, Starts with Adam, goes to Eve, and then goes to... Then goes to the serpent. Yes. So I have a, a very spooky 
story okay. for that. Very spooky. Well, I mean, let's get to it, right? Because this is this is kind of why we had to talk about the fall. Because again, it's like, wait, I thought we were in the beginning, the middle, and the end. We, we are. are. We are. So in order to understand or where we're going to go and then what's going to be the middle piece, you have to understand what happened in the very beginning. In the very beginning. So so God says, basically, look, everything was good and now it's not. And you now it's not good. kind of that because sin is now a part of your right. DNA, your spiritual DNA. And 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 I am I am God, right? I am perfect. I can't have this in my beautiful, perfect uh, garden. Garden, right? Mm-hmm. And so He banishes Adam and Eve. That's right. part of the punishments. Yep. But then He says something to the serpent that speaks to what's mm-hmm. going to happen later, right? Because get this, right? God loved creation so much. He called it very good. He had this intimate creation, this getting very close with creation, especially humanity as he made it. So he's going to do something about this. And this is where we point to Genesis 3.15. Oh, I love 3.15. Right? And so he curses the snake, but then he says, uh, as part of the curse for the snake, I will put hostility between you and the woman. Hostility, friction, uh, conflict. I have enmity. Yes. And between your offspring and her offspring. Okay? So the offspring of of her who got humanity mm-hmm. uh, and my offspring being the, the adversary, right? And then here's the promise, which mm-hmm. is so obscure, Dallas. He will strike your head, okay? Offspring. offspring. So a lot of times we think of offspring as plural, but it's very clear here that God is using a singular, right. okay? So it says between your offspring and her offspring, mm-hmm. okay? He will strike your head and you will strike his heel, so, so there's, there's a picture that we get of a man who is stomping on the head of a snake as the snake is also biting him. Right. So it is death to both of them. I mean, that's really the picture here. Right. Dows, why is this image, why is this promise important? This is the first hidden prophecy of the promised Messiah, Good. the promised Jesus, the one that was going to save everything. Messiah being that chosen one. That chosen one, one anointed one. one. Yes. Good. Yep. The one who was going to come that was going to right the wrong. He was going to right the wrong. So not only is he the end that we see in Revelation, and I've, I've got some, some yes, really cool absolutely. things in Revelation, and but he is the middle. He, he, is, he really is the everything. We see him in the beginning. We see him at the very end, not just there, but successful, powerful, victorious. And we see the enemy— bound for eternity. I mean, just destroyed. And and that that is something that is super, super comforting to look forward to and but to understand that we have a very real threat. Like it it's very, I don't want to say easy, but but for some, I mean it's easy it's easy for me to believe that there is a benevolent loving God. That yes. God that and 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 I believe in Jesus. It would be misleading and unfortunate and wrong for me to not acknowledge that there is an enemy, sure. that there is a Satan that is actively trying to snatch me and, yeah. and derail me from God's plan and purpose for my life, for your life. So Satan is is real. And I had mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I, I actually speak to women's groups. And I'm sure, yeah. So a few months ago, I was speaking to a group of women and I was sharing something that was incredibly uh, meaningful for in, in my own faith journey. But before I had gotten up in front of this group of women, I was pacing in a room that was about 10 by 10, huh. praying out loud. And I said words that I have never said before. I asked that God would bind the enemy 
and keep him out of this building. Oh, wow. I've never, in in 20 years of ministry, I have never uttered those words. I have chills thinking about it. Yeah. So as I'm standing in front of this group of, you know, 100 women, I've got a wall of windows behind me. And outside was a concrete pillar that had to, it it was built up about, uh, with stone, about five feet. Sure. And then the, the pillar kept going. As I'm speaking, there is a snake that was probably three to four feet long that climbed up that concrete column and sat there staring me and doing the the weave that snakes do. And a girlfriend of mine, her eyes were huge. They were like saucers because she could see me and she could see right behind me. And she was freaking out. She was, I mean, she was just willing me, don't turn around. Don't turn, you will freak out if you turn around. The enemy is real. The enemy is real. I've never, I one, I had never asked that the enemy would be bound and kept from a particular place where sure, I was. Sure, sure. And to see it manifested like that was yeah. eerie, but so um, rewarding in the end because ultimately God's glory was shown. Sure, absolutely. And, and I finished, I didn't panic and I didn't see the snake. So that was all all fine and good. But he's real. And and so then we if we we've got the beginning, we're gonna put a pin in the middle. Let's move to Revelation. Yeah. Well, like and so and and take with us this this beginning piece. And, right. the, and the summary being God created all things, he made them good, very good, mm-hmm. he loved them, and he and 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 it was lost. Right. Right. It was lost to sin and brokenness, and, and the world was affected, right? The world responded to sin entering into it. And we see that today. In that, uh, like you kind of said, I don't understand. Like, I have to recognize that there's also the enemy at work. I really don't understand, Dallas, how people can look at our world today and not understand the the brokenness of it, right? Or pretend. I think, again, so many people are pretending that everything is perfect, which we know we live in a fallen and a broken world. Nothing is perfect. No one is perfect. No one has it all together. Bad things happen all the time, mm-hmm. right? And that's another big question that people have. To good have. people. Yeah. Bad, why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm like, bad because things we're happen broken. to everybody. Like there really is no, the the, the enemy mm-hmm. is not. Uh, there, he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care. Yes. He goes after anybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he doesn't discriminate Mm-mm. whatsoever. He's going after everybody. And this, in the same way, God is not discriminant in the people he shows his love to. And love being love, not love being perfect Happy, or, or prosperous or, like all, the time. or all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like God is there and he He has things like peace mm-hmm. and love and joy in the middle of all these things that have nothing to do with circumstances. Right. right? So anyways, holding on to all that. Yeah. Get this, right? So we have this perfect creation uh, in the beginning uh, that has, it has its brokenness. But again, going back to the very, very original. And then I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 21. Me too. Yeah. And I'm going to see, guess what? Another description. So all of a sudden, yeah, we have creation, we have fall, but then we have something else coming uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. And the picture that we get is wholeness. Right. I mean, it is perfection and completion once again. And so Revelation 21, you get this really beautiful description that echoes so much of what we see in Genesis 1 and 2. Right. Uh And I want to find the, the right. I love going to, to it and I didn't mark it. I was such a bad… But there's this picture of, oh, I love it. Okay, good. 
Just verse 1. That's what I have. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the mm-hmm. first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And even as I say this, I, I love reiterating for people. Yes, yeah, it says new heaven, new earth. The first heaven, the first earth had passed away. The description, when you really dive into the fullness of what this means, is kind of this renewed, right. recreated, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's going to be important when we really touch on the middle part too. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. Mm-hmm. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things had passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of water, of the water of life. Right? I love the fullness of everything that's saying here because there's this complete renewed perspective that is full of life and this time only life. Right. This time the enemy is gone. The enemy is destroyed. The same picture that we got on day seven, the mm-hmm. full first full day that humanity got of everything being very good. That picture is back. Right. So something has happened that has made it to where all things are restored. So you have the beginning and the end parallels it. Right. There's exactly. this recreation. This thing that has been broken and destroyed is now renewed and full of life again and, and kind of in this unending way. Exactly. And take take special notice uh, in the end of verse five, write this down for these words are true. Write Good. it down. Okay, so again, we have the spoken, the spoken word. And and it was important enough for God, Jesus, to tell the apostle John, who who is the author yes. of Revelation, write this down. Write this down. I want you to remember it and I want others to know it and I want others to remember it and that way we can look forward to it. Yes. This has not happened yet. This this is that we are looking back at the perfection of the the creation account one and two. Genesis one and two. We exactly. we remember that by by God's word, it hasn't happened yet. For us, is is we are going to live in the new heaven and the new earth, and and that is just fantastic. Absolutely, and and so you and you said, sorry, I saw I caught a fancy word. We and we've said it before, apostle, which is a sent out one, sent which is out. John mm-hmm. was one of the followers of Jesus that eventually started leading the early church by yep. writing things down. Write them crazy, down. Crazy, as God told write him to down. do, as we see it right here. That's exactly And thankfully, it. he's the one that got to live the longest too. And so he, he got to write these things down for us. As we get to see the fullness of everything that God is doing for us in Jesus. And that's why I think it's so important for us to hold the beginning and the end right next to each other, mm-hmm. right? To see the fullness of, because we live in the middle. We do live in the middle. We live in the middle. And we live in the brokenness. Mm -hmm. And as we see the brokenness all around us, and as we dove into kind of that, I don't understand how people don't acknowledge the evil of this world, right? There's hope on the other side because what God says for us is this, this, this evil, this brokenness, this badness will not be the end because he will conquer and he is good and he is love, right? And so that's why I love doing this. And I have a little like nerd cycle there on the page. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw that. So this is another one I like to do with our— our students is, I like to talk about the consistency of God, right? 
I think that's important though. It is. It's It's so important important because I think that's what people are looking when they when they're wanting to attack us, Mm -hmm. when they're wanting to attack scripture, when they're wanting to attack the word and what it says, Mm -hmm. they want to find inconsistencies. Exactly. And so that's what we have to point out where God is just incredibly consistent all the way throughout. Because like some people are hearing this and they're kind of curious, like, what do you mean by recreation? I know new creation. I thought all this stuff was gonna go away. And that's where I go, friends, this is why you have to hold the beginning next to the end. Right. You have to read it as the whole counsel of God and yes. you don't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose scripture. That you you can't you can't even pick and choose a Dr. Seuss book. I mean it just you have to read it. You have to read it as one continuous account. Absolutely. Which is which is what it is. It's connected. And that's where I I cannot let go of friends that God loves what he has made. Mm-hmm. That God in the very beginning said it was very good, mm-hmm. right? That he cared about it so much that he said, this won't be the end. I'm actually going to destroy the enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't make sense to you. And this won't be the end. I will be back with my people, right? So he wouldn't want to completely destroy everything. No. He wants to recreate it. He wants to make it new. He wants to renew it. I want to make all things new, mm-hmm. not meant to make all new things, okay? Oh, good. Yes. Look at your play on words. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's so important the way that he says this because, right. and here's where God gets really consistent. Because a lot of times when people think about the end times, the image that comes to mind is fire. fire. And you certainly do have fire. Like there's the lake of fire mm-hmm. and there's all this crazy fire imagery and stuff like that and actual fire, right? I'm not denying that whatsoever. But I want our friends to think about this as a cleansing fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna give you an illustration, Dallas. Okay. You are uh, cooking s'mores, right? Okay. So you need your stick, you need your marshmallows, you go and you roast your marshmallows and then you get that great marshmallow, however you want it roasted because everybody has their own style and you go put it on the cracker, you put it on the s'more and then you have the stick. But you want, someone else wants to use the stick now. So what are their options on how to clean the stick? You could lick it off. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good marshmallow. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's got the marshmallow on it. Uh, Or... You can stick it back in the fire. Good. You can stick it in the fire and cleanse it. And guess what? Then all the bad stuff is going to go away. Right. And the stick, the good stuff, is going to stay the same. Now, if you wanted to, though, too, you could uh, go and wash it with… Water. Water. You could. Right? You could clean it that way. Because the word wash, and and that's what baptism, baptizomai, right? To wash. That's what it means. So you have these crazy images of ways to get things clean, ways to get rid of the bad stuff and keep the good stuff, right? Because when mm-hmm. we wash our hands, we're not thinking we're destroying our hands. No. We are, we are getting the bad stuff away and, and the good stuff remains. Right. Get this. God is consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it comes to fire, where else in scripture do we see God using fire on something and there's still something being preserved? I would say, okay, so we talked about veggie. Did we talk about veggie tales? I think we have. Oh yeah. my goodness! I'm my kids are anyway. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Good. Okay. Yeah, so, that's a place, and it usually that's like that's like you have to remind people that one. But yes, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the in the Babylonian exile. King Nebuchadnezzar. Yep, and they get thrown, and they get they accused because they're not bowing down to King nope. Nebuchadnezzar. They're well, he's got honoring this- God. Big old golden gold statue. statue and, yeah. and they said, yeah, we're going to pass on that. Thank and you. And Nebuchadnezzar says? Uh, we're going to kill you. Yeah, we're going to kill you. No, we're not going to kill you just like, oh, firing squad. No, we're going to roast you. And he had a furnace. If you wouldn't bow down when you heard all of the flutes and the, the, the lyres, the lyres and, the and the drums yeah, and yep, all yep. of the, the 
pomp and circumstance, you fell face down. I mean, that was it, face down. And if you did not, then they would wrap you up, they'd haul you up to the top and drop you right into the furnace. Yep. And, and these three gentlemen did not do that. They didn't do it. They they are the Jewish people, God's chosen people that have been, they have been exiled there. And they were, they said, no, I'm, we're not gonna do that. So here comes- Because we know who the true God is, exactly. the God of history, right? Exactly. And imagine all of the, all of the the instruments going off and everybody drops and you see these three guys standing there. And the thing about, there's there's two things in that story that really blow my mind, okay? So first of all, it's the faith of those three guys that they are standing there and they tell Nebuchadnezzar, they're like, you know, our God is big enough to save us from this, but even if he doesn't, we are going to, thank you, I knew I had it. Um, even if he does not, we will never bow down right, to you. Right, exactly. And, and that, in, because King Nebuchadnezzar has proven that he is ruthless. He has proven that oh, he has yeah. no problem no, tossing no people in, in, in into this. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the things that the Babylonians were really good at is, is killing people yeah. and plundering and, and being very scary. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing there and they're like, look, we're not going to bow down to your golden statue and and because we know that our god can save us yeah. but even if he chooses even not if he to chooses not to yeah if he chooses not to we're not going to do it and nebuchadnezzar was not a fan of of their stance and and so he was going to bind them and going to toss them into the furnace but he made it seven times hotter. Seven times. I mean, seven times. Do you so hot, so hot that the people that went to throw them into the furnace died, died throwing them into the furnace? These three men, and eventually, right, the three men get thrown in. But what happens? Nebuchadnezzar is looking. There's got to be a window because that's what Some crazy. Way to see inside there's, that's of the what furnace, what crazy yeah. kings do is they build a window into the furnace, and there he's watching and he sees that these three guys that were bound and dropped into a furnace that killed the guards that put him there, were not only unbound, they were walking around unharmed, and there was somebody else with them. Sure. There was a fourth man. Like a son of God. Like a son of God. What? I could drop a really big, big theology (laughs) word, but I'm I'm not. I'm going to save it. Sure, we'll get there. Yeah. And it was... And, and and when he pulled him out, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is like, come on out, y'all can y'all can come out. They didn't even smell like smoke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we live in Texas. We eat a lot of fajitas. My parents made a surprise <laughs> visit the other night. So we put right, something on right, the grill. Right. You smell like smoke for and days. And I still smell like smoke. And the picture is preservation. The picture right. is protection. The is, picture is there's a fire burning. Yeah. And and these three guys were preserved, right? So so God's done this before. Right. Okay. And then you also have the other profound one from Exodus 3 that you had marked is the burning bush, right? Something that is burning, but not being consumed. Exactly. So there is fire, but it is not destroying things. And so it makes sense to me why we can have the same image at the end. Exactly. There's this renewal thing. And you think about how people like uh, in strange parts of the world, (laughs) that's not the Southeast, uh, burn their grass, right? So that that renewal can happen and new life can happen. And that's the idea here is, is at the end, all the bad goes away. All the evil, all the injustice, all the hurt, all the wrong, it goes away 
and and the fire is a part of that picture as 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 revelation describes revelation is a crazy book y'all my Super rule is crazy. always you have to read uh daniel and you have to read uh ezekiel before you, you can, can read even revelation. attempt revelation exactly because yeah. there's so much imagery there but revelation 21 is a helpful one it is as we think about the end and we're thinking about fire and so yes. and, and good fire cleansing fire yes unique fire good so revelation right off the bat revelation chapter 1 verse 14 is is describing Jesus, victorious King yes. Jesus, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Sure, yeah. Come on, it doesn't yeah. get any better than that, right? So, the, and this is where the, the fire part is so important, right? And so, again, you have these options when it comes time for cleaning things, right? And so, you can use fire, you can use water. That's what right? I'm going to tell Jeff the next time I have to do laundry. I'm just going to set it on fire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> that might not work for us, though. I guess not right now. Burn ban. But God, right? He's had the option before of cleansing the bad, and he chose to do it with a flood, right? Something, again, accounted in human history. You don't yeah. have to be a believer of faith nope, it was to there. recognize some sort of a global flood, mm-hmm. right? And, and so he has that. And then he says, I'm never going to do that again. So in this end picture, right, which all of a sudden the final like piece I like to tie in for everybody is all of a sudden it makes sense for me then when John the Baptist says, when he is beginning his ministry, right. I baptize you with water. water. There is one who is greater than I who is coming who will baptize you with fire mm-hmm. and with the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit. So there's this consistency of God throughout the ages, throughout the centuries of this picture. And this is good news for people that are on team Jesus. Right. Okay. Uh, people that are on team God, right? Which we say that's team Jesus. And so, so there's this picture that we don't have to worry. We don't have to be terrified of this fire piece. In the same way, we're kind of standing in the shoes, standing in the sandals, so to speak, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when it comes to God is going to preserve and he is going to make all things new. And everybody on team God, you're good, right? And we'll get even further. We have to get into what that means too as we say things like team God and Mm -hmm. team Jesus and things like that. But all this put side by side, uh, the beginning and the end. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this beginning that was really good, this end that's going to be really good, but this fall piece where there's so much brokenness that the world responds to it, um, creation responds to this brokenness the scripture speaks in such a way that creation is groaning, groaning. for the new creation, mm-hmm. the recreation, uh, the culmination of all things when right. Jesus returns. So all of a sudden it makes a little more sense than that we end this talking about the middle, the middle, right? We have the beginning. We have the end. The middle all of a sudden makes sense of how we go from A to B. Right. Because we go there through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So God takes on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, John 1 attests to this. Paul's letters attest to this. Right. Uh, that he is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with, with us. us. We've covered that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have this situation where he dies, a very brutal death. We talked about that, episode one. Right. And then he rises from the dead in a way that, again, is one of those things that makes us just go, how? How did you do that? Well, but then, he, and he doesn't just stay dead or alive for a day or a week. Mm-mm. For 40 days, 40 days, he's walking around with these people. He's eating showing with them. them. Yeah, he's, showing them this is a physical body. Right. But it's also a glorified body. It's a body that doesn't make a lot of sense to us. Mm-hmm. Come on, stick your hands in my nail marks. Just stick your hand in my side. Mm-hmm. And, and he's doing this because, y'all, he's giving us a taste of how it's even possible to go from the beginning, the fall, and then make our way to what he's planning to do when he comes back. Right. Because there's this renewed, right? It's not a brand new body. Nope. It is the same one. It's got the nail marks. It's got the scars. So there's this something too, this same creation that has been made new. 
that we get to kind of wrestle with. And we see that so central to all things scripture is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so that's why the beginning, middle, and end is one of my favorite topics is because it forces us to really look at Jesus and talk about why he matters so much. Right, right. And again, we have this, you know, this big picture scripture and we see Jesus everywhere. Like Jesus, when he takes on flesh and he becomes the 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 man Jesus, the man part of of the Godhead. Uh, we, uh, I just lost my train of I know thought. that's so fancy. I know that's so hard, oh. right? We'll get into Trinity folks yes. at some point, but, but, but God takes on flesh. He does he take does, on flesh, yeah. but he's even before this happens in the New Testament, because we have talked about the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament is, is when it documents Jesus's ministry and, and life yes. and whatnot. Yes. But we see him uh, in the Old Testament, like the Old Testament speaks to him, it's that promise. Yes, and we'll get that. And we're going to—that's going to have to be at least uh, maybe two, right? But, but that's the consistency, and that's the big picture: is that this wasn't an accident. God yes. knew everything that was going to go on. He knew everything. And from the very beginning, from the very in beginning, Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen, he, he had said, a plan. This guy's going to come. Yeah, I am going to be him. Yeah, right. I'm going to come. And, and I know some of our listeners, again, I'm trying to take that step back. Never heard this stuff before. This is so wild. It's crazy. To think about this wild to understand. Friends, that's why I want to continue to invite you to all of the things that if you're a human being walking on this planet, hurt your brain, right? Because it makes sense that there's things that hurt our brain because mm-hmm. there's really is this big, grander, loving, caring God who walked with people in the garden. Mm-hmm who we see, my home is with man. That's what he declares at the end. Right. It makes sense then that he took on flesh and dwelt among us. Walking, literally walking. Literally. Living amongst his his people. Exactly. And then in that person, that death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you see the fullness then of, of everything that we have of what brokenness turning into new life looks like. Okay. So I love all this because mm-hmm. let's go back to where we started the conversation. I okay. love doing that book all ending. Right. Book in. Um, Dallas, if I didn't have the beginning, what would I be missing? Why the ending is so important. Good. How the end could be so important because without the beginning, you, it, it just makes a nice story. Yes. And why in the world, where did this Jesus guy come yeah. from? Why is he here? Why is he here? Is Who he is doing? he? King shows up I, I out honestly, of nowhere. If I don't have the beginning, then I I am left with this hope that is really just that a wish, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't have anything in my background that proves to me that there's something better, right? That could exist, right? Right. So it's really just this like teasing hope that things could really get better in the end. Okay. If I don't have the middle, if I go straight from creation to recreation, what do I miss? You miss Jesus in the middle. You miss you. You miss the tangible, touchable side of Jesus. And the evidence that this is all possible, right? right? That this God who made a promise at the very beginning and made promises about the end and he kept will it. actually do it exactly. He kept his promises. I mean, I try very hard to keep my promises. Do I do that 100% of the time? No, I, I don't. I, I don't mean to. Yeah. But that that I, I'm I'm human and that's that's the thing. But this this God... Exactly. This this Jesus, this God that we that that we have that has we have unlimited access to, he keeps all of his promises. And and his plans are not our plans most of the time. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I don't understand yeah. what his methods are. It's not my job. 
to understand what his methods are. My job is to trust him. Yep. To trust him. Yep. And if you don't have that Jesus piece too, you're waiting. Yeah. You're waiting for God to make good on one of those promises. On one of them. Like, and we're still waiting on Jesus to come back. That that's is the promise. That's the last one. Yeah. But up in, like, and that, but that's the thing is if I'm still waiting, then then also like think about Jesus. We're, we're going to get a deep dive on Jesus here soon. Like uh, if you miss Jesus too, then you also miss that that intimate God that you've known from the very beginning, mm-hmm. taking on flesh and walking around and, and showing love in a way that the rest of this world doesn't express it to. If I don't have the end, Dallas, what am I missing? The end. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the finality and the, or the, the not finality, the, the eternity that we would get to spend with this creator that, that loves us so much. He loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us in the condition that we are in. And if you don't have the end, then you, you're missing, you're, you're missing out. And, and the same thing of the, the hope, right? Of the the, hope. If you miss the beginning, then like, how do you have any kind of hope that we're actually going to get there? It really right. is just this wish that maybe. If it, if it depends on me. Yeah. If it depends oh, on me, yes. we're in trouble. I mean, if, if, if I have to get myself there, I'm in trouble. I would really like to, to, to delegate that to somebody <laughs> that is way bigger, way stronger. I, my, my favorite picture image of, of God is God the father of, of a parent. And, you know, I have three kids, uh, despite the plethora of parenting books available on the market, there's not one of them that prepared me hmm. for three children that were raised in the same house with the same set of parents and had the same rules to be so completely different. Oh, absolutely. To be so, so, yeah. so yep. different. And God knew that and, and in the Old Testament, we talk about this, the children of Israel. There's a reason why they're the children of Israel. They don't listen. They're disobedient. <laughs> they are mischievous. They just, you know, they go all over the place. And, and God, as their parent, as their father, because he created them, um, and he, he is referred to as God, our father, he knew we were going to need some assistance with this. He knew that. And yeah. so we were going to need to be able to look to him for guidance, for leadership, for an example. And, you know, and anybody listening that, that's got kiddos, um, you're looking for for something, for somebody to tell you that it's going to be okay, that that this this teenage rebellion, this the the terrible threes, oh my stars, the threes are nothing compared, you know, the, the twos were, were nothing. It was the threes that got me. And but God has dealt with all of that. Absolutely. And that is the middle part is that God sent his son, his one and only son to come down here, live in the mess and the chaos with all of us, die a terrible death, knowing that Jesus knew that from the beginning, right, right. but then give us the hope that, yeah, while it's messy right now, it's not going to stay like this forever. Right. And he rose and then and he, he rose, ascended. Yes. And he said some incredible things pointing us to that end that, that ending. he's going to bring about. Right. Any of those parents sitting in that boat, go listen to uh, Raise Them Up podcast Up. season four and five. Those will be great ones for you. <laughs> Get some stuff there. And, uh, and, and But at the end of the day, too, as you hold, just the listeners of this podcast, uh, as you hold together the, 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 the beginning, the middle, and end of the scripture, too, I think the biggest thing also is it gives you so much more purpose and meaning to what is happening right now. Right. And that makes sense. Crazy, right? Uh, what actually happens— and knowing it and being aware of it gives us a lot more peace mm-hmm. and deeper understanding and meaning to what's going on versus for people walking through this life that really have no idea where this all started, where this is all going, or what's happened in the middle, then I would imagine walking through this world is terrifying. Right. Um, is at the very least 
the very least confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think this is such an important conversation that we got to have. I, and if you hear nothing except this, this one part from today's, from today's podcast, understand you are not an accident. Absolutely. You were created intentionally and you were created with a purpose and, and for a purpose. So you are, um, you're, you're not an accident. It, it's not by happenstance that you're here. The creator of the universe. The creator of the universe thinks that. He yep. sees your face every day. He sees it. Absolutely. So. Number five. <laughs> <coughs> well, Dallas, this has been an enjoyable conversation for us. As always, we would love for people to continue in the conversation with us. Right. Tell us whatever platform you're listening to. If nothing else, I always am just encourage people are continuing the conversation even without us. Right. Sharing this episode if it meant something to them. Thank you to our listeners too. I think this was a little bit longer. This than, was longer. But hey, nerdy, great oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So please like, please share, uh, subscribe to whatever it is that you're listening to us on. Uh, and and certainly give us the, that feedback. Join the conversation with us. Again, we love this stuff. We're not afraid of this stuff. Uh, we don't know everything. Nope. That's absolutely true. Um, but as we close our time, as we like to do, we not only value opening up God's word, uh, but we also love talking to the God who gives us this word. So Dallas, would you pray for us as we close? I would be honored to. Father God, we thank you for the time that you've allowed us to spend together. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to open our minds to the scriptures. And we just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to those listening to this so that your word might begin to take root in their lives and in their hearts and ultimately be fruitful for your kingdom. Father, um, we just pray that you would continue to watch over this ministry and, um, and, and just be with us while we try and and share the good news of of you and your son and your plans for for your creation. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you next time. Next time.